Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? All right. Did you watch the Major League Baseball game last night? I actually didn't. I oh. was at an event that uh, was was at Southeastern and missed it, but I have seen clips of it this morning, and it it looks like it was amazing. It was magical. It was I magical. Bet. Everyone was saying how great it was, and I, I am sorry that I didn't get to see it live, but what I've seen is really, really neat. Yes, uh, you should be sorry because it was it was pretty awesome. So many of you probably watched the game or know what we're talking about. It was the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa last night between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees, and, and the Lord in his kindness did not let the Yankees prevail. So... The White Sox like going on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. I like the Yankees. Yeah, but, but if you're going to have something with the White Sox at the Field of Dreams thing, the White Sox have to win that game. Okay, fair enough. I think you're. I, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. I have a button that says that too. By the way, I think you're right. Yes, you do. Has have you ever explained that on here? I don't know, but so I think we may have talked about it last year for my birthday. My assistant Hillary Krantz. Gave me what may be the greatest birthday presents I've ever gotten. There are two customizable like buttons that I can hit that I sit on my desk. They're little like they look like hockey pucks, and then one of them is a button with Amy saying, "I think you're right," and the other button is one that says, "Is Amy saying I'm no match for you?" And they're both clips from this podcast that she has right. taken and uh, put on those buttons, and I love them. And every once in a while, I'll hit them when I'm talking to Amy on the phone and it makes me laugh. Yeah. And in meetings too. And I've even heard about you hitting them in a meeting when I wasn't there. So yeah. Well, I was right. So there you go. Anyway, the the game last night, just pretty cool. And, you know, coming off the Olympics and all the drama and the passion of that, they have something like this with major league baseball. Now major league baseball doesn't get a whole lot of things right these days. Right. They've messed up a lot of things, especially those all-star uniforms. Don't even let us get started on that. From this past year, that was an abomination to the game, and somebody should be put in jail for those. But Field of Dreams game last night, I mean, absolutely crushed it. So they've done that a couple of times with other places. They had the one at, I think, Fort Bragg. Is that the fort over in North Carolina, the the big Army base in North Carolina? Yes, yes. Um, they had that game a couple of years ago. They've done the ones at, at Williamsport, things like that. So these little special games, they do that really well. It, it You know, and, and – uh, NHL has their version of this with the Winter Classic and the the Stadium Series that they do, and they do phenomenal jobs with that. The NFL has some special games here and there um, that they do, and they do. The NFL is like the king of the throwback jerseys. I think the NFL does throwback jerseys better than anybody. I remember that one year they had them all like everybody was wearing throwback jerseys for the whole year. That was fantastic. But I, the NBA doesn't do anything like this. So I feel really out of my depth even discussing this because. Yeah, I don't I I feel like if Dean and Sarah were to listen to this conversation, I don't even know where to begin talking about uniforms because he's the greatest expert the ones I know. last night were phenomenal. On I on mean, uniforms. Bees so I'm knees. just going to Yeah, amazing. I'm 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 just going to not register an opinion. Yeah. The the Chicago White Sox hat were a little strange because they had no logo on them. They were just a plain hat with pinstripes and it was just a little odd just cuz you're just so used to seeing a logo on a hat. So for it to be plain, it was really odd. But uh, but they were still awesome. The White Sox logo that they had on the jersey, oh, it was so cool. So anyway, so yes, Field of Dreams game last night. I'm just still living on a high from that. So um, that was great. 
There you uh, go. Anyway. All right. Well, hey, you know, this isn't Major League Baseball today with Jonathan and Amy. Right. Uh, I, I, we did get somebody saying that they would listen to Olympics today with Jonathan and Amy if we brought it in three well, years. Just, not in four yeah. years. In three years. That's right. You got three in, years. In Paris. I got see, three years. See if to you can make out. it happen. I lost a year of prep time last week. Right. I know. I thought I had four. No. So three. A week cost me a year. But anyway, uh, they they said they would listen, Amy. So it, but it is SBC this one. week. That's one. That's one. We have one. Okay. I would listen to our own podcast. Um, this is SBC this week. And as always, we are sponsored by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. The church needs leaders with deep theological knowledge and hands-on ministry experience. And at Southwestern Seminary, you'll get both. The Southwestern faculty is dedicated to providing biblically faithful teaching, as well as walking alongside students as they grow in ministry. If you are called to serve God's church, then Southwestern is ready to help you live your calling. You can find out more at swbts.edu. That's swbts.edu. Find out more about Southwestern. You're going to see a lot of our friends from Southwestern next week, Amy, in Anaheim, where I'm going to be for a, uh, a big pastor's event. I'm going out to Anaheim on Sunday night, be there all week. May try to squeeze in a Dodger game while I'm out in Los Angeles area because uh, they're in town with the Pirates. But I'll have to see about that, see if the schedule permits one night for that. So uh, we do have a, a pastor's event next week. If you're in the Los Angeles or Anaheim area, hit me up on Twitter. If you haven't seen or heard anything about that, we'd love to have you join us on Tuesday for uh, pastors in the area, just kind of getting things kicked off and getting things ready for the 2022 SBC annual meeting to be held in Anaheim, California. Well, that sounds like fun. And uh, I hope you have a good time next week in California. You'll have to take pictures. Yes. Show us, show us some things. Well, that area is really not that picturesque, but I'll, I'll send. I'll, I'll take. A I'm couple. aware. I've I've been there. Yeah, if you, if you go to you Disneyland, know, like once you get in Disneyland, right next door, it's it's right. picturesque and it's fun. But and that's neat. part but, of that's part of the Walt Disney story. That when he put Disneyland in, then all of a sudden it became this commercial success, and all these businesses bought things up. So it's very crowded around there, yes. and that's part of the reason why he bought so much land in uh, Lake Buena Vista in Orlando and bought it under a lot of dummy corporations and things like that so that they would have all the land and it could be kind of more Disney, you know, centric, like Disney controlled. Yeah. Cause it, like you get they, inside they of Disney it. world and right. I mean, you're, you're in the right. it's magical area. I mean, and it's, you're right. You can't you're see driving, anything on the outside. It's just, right. you're at Disney. You drive from property to property, and they're able to make it this detailed experience. But in Anaheim, it it's really crowded because there's a lot of businesses yeah. that want to. It's like you know, restaurant, bodega, Disneyland. Right. Yeah. Here it's we are. Weird. I don't, so, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I won't be making it to Disneyland. I don't think, Amy. So a lot of meetings, a lot of things going on. Going to get to see our friends over at Gateway. Going to get to see Gateway's new campus. So awesome. I'm going to be able to go there. Have you ever been to Gateway's new campus? I have not. It's been a little so while since I've been you. to California. Yep. Well, I'm going to beat you on this one. Going to get to see that and going to go back out to Cal Baptist, uh, which is just phenomenal and see Dr. Ellis and Kent Dacus out there at Cal Baptist and visit that campus, meet with them. So, all right, going to be a good one. Let's jump into the news. Amy, not a lot of news this week, but we do start with the Dove Awards, something Amy has won, I think two of. Um, they're sitting on her mantle. Three, sorry, three Dove not Awards for Amy. On, not sitting on the mantle. They didn't give the Dove Awards to the kids' choirs. 
Well, but it's you. We were just. It was a kids choir that was on the albums. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. So we'll have to check no the nominations and see if you're nominated this year. I don't think you were in the list, but I do have no, somebody to talk it's been about. Quite in the a list. long time. But, Tell us who got the big award nominations for the Doves this year. Yeah, so Elevation Worship, Zach Williams, and For King and Country kind of uh, hit the big numbers. Elevation Worship got seven nominations, um, including a joint nomination with Brandon Lake in Worship Recorded Song of the Year. They, uh, I didn't know that song. Laura was singing it for me the other day at the office when we were doing the story, and I was like, I don't know that song. So we don't sing so, that one. And and here's the thing. I don't listen to a lot of of Christian radio. I don't listen to a lot of radio in general. I'm much more, you know, iTunes and different things. So I just sort of get what I hear about or what maybe I hear in worship on the weekends or things like that. So some of these, if if radio is kind of the medium where they are, I don't always catch it. At, at a, in a timely fashion, like I might hear it in three years or something. But so some of these I'm not quite as aware of. But yeah, the uh, song we're talking about is Graves into Gardens. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't know it. So, but lots of uh, lots of nominations. Their lead singer Chris Brown from Elevation and Pastor Stephen Furtick also earned uh, nine nine nominations for Chris Brown, ten for Stephen Furtick. Um, Artist of the Year category, Lauren Daigle for King and Country, Zach Williams, Phil Wickham, and Elevation Worship. I'm a big Lauren Daigle fan, so uh, I do I, I do know her music and listen to it a lot. So a lot, lot, of, lot of great folks that are nominated. Um, it will be live this year. So last year it was pre-recorded with no live audience. It is going to be live in Nashville at Allen Arena in October, October 19th, and then it will air on TBN October 22nd. Yes. So we'll have a, a reporter from Baptist Press actually covering that. So going to work on getting Tim Cox over there to cover that from the live event on the 19th. I've been a couple of times. Uh, this time, I think I'm going to be out of town for it. So I'm going to be, I believe, again in Anaheim that week for a site visit, another site visit for the annual meeting. So... Um, won't be able to make it this year, but been to a couple of those. Those are really cool events. You can actually buy tickets. So if you're interested in going to the Dev Awards and seeing it, it's a pretty neat little show. And uh, I, I would highly encourage if you ever have a chance to go to do it. So a couple of nominees, notable nominees, Amy, that we didn't mention. Dolly Parton is nominated for her song with Zach Williams that she did. Very cool. I love Dolly uh, Parton. That was the There Was Jesus song yeah. that she did. So it's nominated for Pop Contemporary Recorded Song of the Year. And then also one that I didn't expect, and I didn't even know he'd put out an inspirational record this year, but Harry Connick Jr. is nominated. He has three nods. I missed that. So Bluegrass Country Roots Album of the Year for Alone With My Faith by Harry Connick Jr. Uh, also, okay. the uh, the title track of that is the Recorded Song of the Year, Inspirational Recorded Song of the Year nominee. And then Bluegrass Country Roots Recorded Song of the Year, Because He Lives. He covered the Gaither hymn, and it is nominated for a uh, Song of the Year over in Bluegrass. Very cool. So Harry Connick Jr. stepping in here. You know, Kanye, a couple years ago, uh, stepped in and won a bunch of awards for his gospel album that he put out. 
And yeah. now Harry Connick Jr. is like, well, I'll take some of that, please, too. Yeah, they're so. coming on, uh, cro- crossing over, crossing over yes. into the Dove Awards. All right. Well, that's the Dove Awards this year. And Amy, um, we'll have to one day have story time and you can tell us about your three Dove Award wins that you had and what those nights were like and how magical that was for you. I wasn't there. I wasn't okay. there. No awards on my shelf. I right, just well, learned later that the albums had won. Okay. Well, congratulations, yeah. Amy. All right. Up to Northern California, the wildfires in Northern California. I think that wildfire burning right now, it's the second largest in history up in California. And it is, uh, it really just doing a lot of damage. And unfortunately, a church in Northern California has been severely damaged by those wildfires up there. Yeah, this is really tough. Of course, we've seen this on the news for, uh, for a while now. Uh, but now it it has hit Greenville Southern Baptist Church, uh, their fellowship hall and youth building. They also had a small apartment in which a father and three daughters were living, so they were evacuated. But if you know, possibly uh, will lose their home. The sanctuary is still standing uh, at this point. Uh, it looks like, or at least at, at press time. But some church members have lost homes, things like that. And, uh, you know, Southern Baptist disaster relief in California there can't even respond right now because the hot spot. So they're, you know, they're trying to help people who have had to evacuate, uh, but there's not a whole lot they can do actually in the town of Greenville. Uh, so very, very difficult. So we're praying for that church, not just because of the loss of their building, but also that it looks like they've you know, several church members. And this is, I mean, when you think about this, if, if you've known people who lost their home in a fire, when that happens to a, a family, you know, they lose everything and you're just crushed and, and the church family often comes around and, and helps. This is tough. I mean, you're, you're going to have multiple church members dealing with this plus the church itself. Uh, so these are the types of things that can uh, really put people in a tough spot for years and years. And uh, so we're uh, certainly hurting for them along with so many others that have been affected by this yeah. in California. I mean, this Dixie fire has wiped out entire communities in California. Right. So I mean, it just, the destruction, I don't, I don't think we can really picture the destruction. If you look at the picture on the story for this, it looks like something out of a movie. I mean, this yeah. does not look real life. I mean, we've never seen, I, I've never seen anything like this in real life. It's just, it's terrible looking and just yeah. burned out buildings. I mean, this it's, it's crazy. So, um, yes, do be in prayer for the, those in the, the wake of this fire and, and how they're dealing with that. And just, like I said, communities, entire communities disrupted and even destroyed in some instances. So, uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to the Greenville Southern Baptist church family up there in Northern California. Uh, some sad news, Amy, a couple of losses this week in the Southern Baptist family, Don Stewart, Professor Emeritus at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary passed away this week at age 85. His son, Jimmy, is the pastor at First Baptist Gulfport in Gulfport, Mississippi, and also a good friend of the pot. Yeah, so Don Stewart, he was retired. He had retired in 2003, but had served in a number of different ways at New Orleans Seminary. He was executive vice president under Landrum Level. He led the doctor of ministry program, led extension centers. He was professor of New Testament and Greek. And throughout the entire time for his last six years, he was teaching fully in the classroom. So someone who really served at a number of levels 
And that's often a great, you know, sacrifice administration takes a lot of time. And, and uh, it sounds like because he returned to the classroom toward the end that he probably loved that teaching is what he loved to do the most. And so would have, would have really given, you know, of himself in, in all of those years. He also served at William Carey for 15 years, even before he went to New Orleans in 1978. So, uh, really an incredible legacy and think about all the students who are serving across the country and maybe even around the world who came through his classroom and, and were affected. So incredible impact that the side of heaven, he, you know, he didn't even know, and we won't know. And so uh, we, our prayers go out to his family, uh, but grateful for his contributions. Absolutely. And then finally, Bobby Bowden, longtime coach, Florida State Seminoles, and Southern Baptist, he was a member at First Baptist Tallahassee and then First Baptist Bradfordville there in the Tallahassee area. Yeah. Um, he passed away this week as well. Yeah, this was sad. I mean, of course, it hit everybody. I, I saw it and then Keith texted it to me and and it, it, it had already been clear that he was kind of at the end of his life, but it was still really hard, hard to hear what what an impact he made. And of course, um, of course, we had already heard stories. We heard this this summer the story yeah. about his, his last public appearance. Amy, yeah, was at the sin luncheon and talking about how he really he led Mark Rick to the Lord, and so that that testimony, which of course then you know for our friend Todd Unziker, good friend of the pod, state exec in North Carolina, Mark Rick led him to the Lord. Yeah, and so, so Bobby Bowden, his influence influenced the state executive directorship in North Carolina. How about that? That's right. That's right. Just a couple of degrees there, um, really one degree of separation there in uh, in personal testimony. And so just an incredible, incredible legacy, not just in football, but in ministry. And uh, we're, we're definitely praying for his family, thankful for all that he contributed. There's a great story that Scott Barkley did at Baptist Press really, really good length. I mean, just plays into just, just lays out all the the things that, uh, that coach Bowden did. So check that out for sure. Yes. All right. Well, Hey, that's going to do it for our news this week. And, uh, sorry to end on such a sad note there, but, um, you know, uh, we are thankful for the lives of both Don Stewart and Bobby Bowden and their just enormous impact that they had both of them. So pretty amazing legacies that they leave behind. And I'm um, just uh, thankful for them and their work for the kingdom. That's going to bring us to our favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1957 because I'm going to share a missed opportunity. What did we miss? Uh, and it's an understandable missed opportunity. There was really no way to seize upon this at the moment. But I just I saw this and I thought, wow, what could have been? So in the August 13th, 1957 issue of Baptist Press, there was an interesting story about a historic chapel being sold in Essex, England. So this wasn't a Southern Baptist building, you know, or, you know, owned by any Southern Baptist church, but it was something of interest to the readers of Baptist Press. And it said that the chapel in uh, Colchester in Essex, England was vacant, this, uh, this, this chapel with the sort of adjoining home there was vacant, was falling into disrepair and had been closed 
So it was a place of worship. It had been closed, but a move was underway to buy it so that it wouldn't be offered up for commercial sale, like a store or a restaurant or whatever. And this was the chapel where uh, Charles Spurgeon like accepted Christ, where he believed the gospel. This is, there's a great, you know, great story about his testimony where he heard it when this um, sort of, sort of simple preacher presents the gospel and he hears it and accepts and I'm reading it and I'm thinking, man, what a missed opportunity for Midwestern seminary right there that they could not buy that. And so I went and looked just to get the dating, right. Uh, the, the institution itself of Midwestern and the board of trustees were established in May of 1957. So literally like even as an institution, probably no students or anything at that point, they were like three months old. There's no way they could have bought this, but wouldn't that be an incredible thing in their collection to say, well, over here in England, we, we actually own this. We have the chapel. That's right. Um, so it was really cool, but it looks like now I didn't have time to go research. Okay. Who bought it and what happened, but it did get saved. You know, you can go over there now. And I think a lot of times our Southern Baptist students who go over and take the, the history trips to England, some of these joint things from different seminaries, they get to see a lot of these things. And there's a, a plaque on there that, you know, tells what happened there. So it is there. Um, but Unfortunately, it doesn't belong to anyone that we know. So, I, but I just thought it was it was kind of interesting, and it was something that that people people could put out. If you go to Midwestern, you can see the Spurgeon Library. There's all kinds of uh, things that belong to him there, and they were able to secure that through other ways. But unfortunately, not the chapel there in Colchester. Uh, but people were talking about it. BP readers were talking about it this week in SBC history in 1957. All right, so I did the math. Mm-hmm. On this, seven thousand pounds in nineteen fifty-seven. Yeah. Want to take a guess at how much that would cost you today to buy it? No, I'd rather you just tell me. Two hundred thousand six hundred ninety-three dollars and fifteen cents. That's actually not a bad price. What with today's um, in today's real estate market, anything under like right around two hundred thousand for something is a pretty decent price, it seems. Yeah. Because yeah, for a whole—I mean, you're getting a whole church, whole chapel. So. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. So, yeah. I wonder if uh, anybody has been to that, though, any of our listeners. So, you know. I'm sure they I have. don't know if Stephen Ecker, I know he leads a, one of your trips from Southeastern. I know Jason Dusing has done some from, from Midwestern. Maybe they can ping us and let us know if they've ever been there. That'd be kind of neat. So, that's going to move us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... All right. My resource is a song that was released by uh, Summit Church worship leaders under a collective called Together Now, and it's called Redeemed, but it was uh, it was one that we sang at the annual meeting and yes. it's one that a lot of people loved. And so it has now been released where you can get it on um, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, you know, all, all different iTunes, whatever. Uh, or you can watch, you know, have, there's YouTube as well. So I wanted to share that in case anyone wanted it. I have added to, um, I've added it to my playlist and uh, to one, one of the playlists I listen to all the time. And it's great. So for those who really like that song at the annual meeting, uh, you can now put it in, in your own library. All right. Yeah. Kyle Cochran shared this with us the other day at the office. 
And uh, I know he's got a lot of Summit connections. His wife used to work there. He works on our team now. But um, he had seen that it had been released, and he shared it with us. I've listened to it a few times. I really like it. So it's a good song. So I remember it from the annual meeting. So if you enjoyed that at the annual meeting, do check that out on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and all the all the places, um, wherever you get your music. So I'm an Amazon music guy. Where do you get, do you listen to Spotify? What do you listen to, Amy? Um, I typically listen um, uh, through Apple music. So you Apple music. Okay. I do Amazon because of all the Alexas I've got. I've got too many of those. So I use it because it just interfaces better. All right. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That'll bring us to my resource of the week, which actually uh, we just talked about Midwestern a minute ago. Going back to Midwestern for this one, the new called website. So they have a online resource for individuals called to ministry. And it, it's just uh, resources to aid and equip individuals who sense a call to vocational ministry. So it features a video library, blog post resources, as well as stories of those who have been called to ministry. So they've got a lot of people that uh, you would know and people that we've had on the podcast, friends of the pod, Matt Chandler, H.B. Charles, Jared Wilson, Mark Dever, Trevin Wax, Malcolm Yarnell, Afshin Ziafat, Danny Aiken, Matt Smethers, Angela Swain, Jamie Dude, J- Dean and Sarah, Noe Garcia, Ben Mandrell, Jason Deucing. They've all got videos up there talking about their call to ministry, how God worked in them, called them to ministry, and how that kind of played out. So uh, a really neat website here for people who may be sensing that call, wondering about that call, feeling that that pull from God. It's called into vocational ministry and how you can follow that call. So you can find out more about that at ftc.co slash called. So that's the For the Church site, uh, ftc.co slash called. That's C-A-L-L-E-D. So uh, a neat little site that they put out. And I heard Ronnie Kurtz, uh, I think who's over this project, uh, talking a lot about it and and also Jared Wilson. So uh, I know they, they have a lot to do with that and a really cool little thing there. Uh, unique website launched for those called to ministry. All right. Very cool. All right. That's going to do it for our show this week. Again, want to thank our sponsors each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. For those of you joining us next week in Anaheim, we hope to see you there. Look forward to, to meeting some friends of the pod uh, there next week. And Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.